Good. Oh, good. yeah. Oh, we got all that out the way. All right, so y'all get to see what happens behind the scenes, okay? <laughs> Woo! Okay, welcome to another edition of the Real Social Proof Podcast. And we we literally just, like, went through this joint for a good five, ten minutes, uh, but it wasn't recorded. So I need you to t- do the introduction yeah, with no, the same intensity, okay? So um, we got uh, Mr. Alex Good Energy here. How are you, my brother? What's up, man? Thanks for having good. me. Good. My man. second time dapping him up. I'm just keeping it, keeping it real with y'all. So um, uh, I've heard... I've heard about Alex and I've seen Alex literally, I don't know, I don't know if it's just Atlanta, but it seems like over the last few months, all of my friends have been taking pictures with you. Like, yo, I just got my truck. My man, Jeremy Anderson. And I, I'm thinking he's like just motivational speaker. He like just straight speak. My man got a truck. No uh, what's his name? Um, he's always at uh, the ET events. Uh, he like runs the whole show. That's my guy, too. Oh, Steven. Steven. Steven Hollowell. Steven got a truck. I'm yeah. like, yo, what am I doing? Do I need to get a truck? <laughs> yeah, you probably do. do okay, I, I, that's a sign. <laughs> I need to get a truck. So yeah. please, kind of kind of share from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, your story of going from, you know, where you're from to Atlanta. Absolutely. Share with us, please. Yeah, man. Super, super long story short, man. <laughs> First part of my life was in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, moved down to Atlanta when I was 13. And funny story on how I got to Atlanta was uh, my mom sent me down here on uh, summer break, you know, just for the, it was supposed to be for the summertime. And my aunt, after like, I realized like, dang, I ain't, we not going home yet? Like, it's <laughs> August, like school about to start. And they started off enrolling me in school. So I'm supposed to be on vacation, but now I'm being enrolled in school. I didn't get to say bye to my friends or nothing. So I was, I was a little hurt, but what ironically. Did, what did your mom say to get, did she say, yo, you just going to do a little vacation yeah. in Atlanta? She was like, look, we just sending you down there for, the, I mean, I had been there like a few right. times. So it was just regular. Right. But I noticed that she packed like a lot more clothes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, whatever. So, uh, man, I'm getting enrolled in school, man. And my mom tricked me and sent me down to Atlanta. She knew that she wanted a better life for me. And at first I was upset. I was, I didn't speak to her for like a couple months mm. because of it. You know what I'm saying? I left all my friends in New York. I didn't even get to tell nobody bye. Um, but ironically, that ended up being like the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. So real, real quick though, um, like, I, I can see why you'd be upset, but what was going on in New York that your mom felt, yo, I got to get this boy out of here? Right. Um, New York is rough, man, as you know. You know, I was from the worst part of New York. I lived in Vandeveer Projects, you know, if anybody want to look it up. I was in Vandeveer, you know what I'm saying? I was raised by a single mom, never met my father a day in my life, you know what I mean? And I just, I watched my mom work worked two jobs, uh, even a night shift, and come off the night shift and take me to school. She wouldn't even let me ride the school bus. That's how real it was up there. She got off the night shift mm. and took me straight to uh, school. I n- I've never rode the school bus a day in my life. Um, so she just wanted better for me. And my aunt and my uncle was living in Atlanta, and she seen the quality of life. And she was like, yeah, that's where I want him to be. Like, I, she was a nurse. She worked for the hospital mm. system. So she couldn't come immediately because she was working on her transfer. So she was like, yo, I'm going to send you down there, and I'm going to work on my transfer. And she got her transfer about nine months later. And she uh, came down and met me. Wow. What, yeah. what does she say now, like seeing all your success? So we'll get into that. But Yeah. Um, before I tell you that, I got to tell you this. My mom was traditional. She wanted me to go to college. You know, she wanted me to um, do the American dream, I guess. Go to college, get my degree, become a lawyer, a doctor, like a lot of people's parents, right? And, um, you know, I tried to go to college. I went for one semester. I went to Gwinnett Tech mm. for one semester. I was studying uh, business management. And man, I literally decided one day I'm not going to I'm not going to school. I dropped out. Mm-hmm. I dropped out. Wasted. I, I didn't even get my money's worth. 
And um, it just wasn't for me. And I decided to go in the workforce and I started working for this telemarketing spot. So I'm working for this telemarketing spot, and actually that's where I met uh, Jason, Mr. Two Weeks Out, my best friend now. Which is I crazy. I met him. Mm -hmm. We was working at a telemarketing spot on straight commission. We wouldn't even get an hourly. It was straight commission, and we had to literally sell um, this product called ZMAX, right? <laughs> like, I probably still know the sales pitch. We would literally <laughs> call random people on the phone and try to sell them this product that you pour into the uh, gas tank to get more fuel mileage. Right. So, um, you know, I ended up being like the number one seller in, in the company. You know, I was there for two years and um, just one day my boss decided to fire me. Mm. You know, walked up to my desk. He said I missed a phone call. He could hear all of our calls. He claimed that I missed a phone call and that was his reasoning for firing me. Mm. Right. So I'm making a thousand dollars a week at this point. And, um, you know, a thousand dollars a week was a lot of money back then. Mm. But I didn't know money management. So I was making good money, but I was spending it thinking that it was just coming next week. Coming right back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, here I am. I'm living in a five-bedroom house. My cousin rented, rented to me, um, and I'm, I just bought my first car, a little Lexus ES300. You know, I got big boy bills at this time, mm -hmm. and now I don't have a job. So I'm down to my last two $2,000, man. And um, I just never forget riding home on 400 South. I was so hurt that I just got fired, and I said it out loud. I said, look, I'm never working for nobody for the rest of my life. Were you? Did you do anything entrepreneurial before then? I've never done anything. Nope. So never. what gives you the audacity to think I never worked for somebody if you don't even know what it's like to not work for somebody? I'm going to be real with you. It's kind of like a combination of my pride, man, like my, my ego. Like, I didn't like the fact that another man had that much control over my destiny. Like, word, like, I got bills. Like, you just fired me now? Yeah. Nah, that, that, that rubbed me the wrong way, man. Mm -hmm. That was my first time I ever getting fired. So I was like, I got to figure something. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but mm -hmm. I'm going to figure something out. Right. So long story short, I literally uh, was just riding around one day in Gwinnett looking for something to eat. And it was this little spot called Caraba's, a little Italian spot. That was my joint. And when I, I ain't been there in a few months. And when I went there, it was construction being done. I'm like, yo, what, what happened to Caraba's? Mm -hmm. So I woke up in the spot and I see this Asian guy, Korean guy named Mr. Moon. He comes out and he's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Where's Caraba's? Like, mm -hmm. what do y'all do? And he was like, uh, nah, we're about to build a nightclub. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, Gwinnett. I'm like, okay. He was like, yeah, we're looking for promoters. He said, are you a promoter? And I was like, yeah. yeah absolutely. Actually. absolutely. <laughs> actually, glad you asked. Yeah, so he was like, yeah, we're looking for promoters, and uh, we look, we're looking for you know, a night to give to promoters. So mm. what night would you like to do? And I was like, I'll, I'll do Thursdays. Mm. He was like, okay, cool. So here I am. I left the club. I'll never forget. I caught First my off, why Mr. Moon think because you black, you're a promoter? <laughs> I don't like that. He believed you know me. <laughs> he believed me. I told him I was from New York as a promoter. So anyway, long story short, I, got, I left that spot and I called all my friends like, yo, I got a party coming up. So I got a party coming up. And look, I don't ask y'all for nothing, but I just need y'all to show up on this date to this address and bring $10 with you. Yeah. Right? Bring $10 with you and tell everybody you know. And then um, and I was like, if y'all don't come, just, just lose my number because I don't ask for nothing, yeah. right? Uh, $2,000 to my name, man. I used 500 of it to buy 10,000 flyers. Um, I, I paid these uh, little young boys like $50 a piece to pass them out for me. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I don't know where I got this from, but I was like, look, we're going to go hard. Like, we're going to put the flyers in the neighborhoods. You know, we're going to do like the Chinese people and hit the doors in the neighborhoods. Like, you know, you right, go home. Chinese with menus, yeah. yeah. We was in, like, they don't care how many you throw away either. Because like, everybody normally just did like cars that, that after the let outs of the club, they would just hit the cars. Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, we going to the barbershops, we going to the salons, we going to the neighborhoods, and we going to go hard. So the, the theme was, it's the grand opening. It's the first party of this magnitude in Gwinnett County. Mm -hmm. 
first night, um, about 200 something people showed up. I made my investment plus a little bit more. You know, I was feeling good, man. I was feeling really, really good that I pulled it off. Everybody had a great time. Mm -hmm. But now the pressure came on like, wow, what do I do for next week? It's no grand you know? opening. Yeah, the grand opening hype is over. Yeah. So I'm, this is when Buckhead was like cracking. This is when like all the clubs um, was on the strip in Buckhead where you couldn't even walk on the streets, right? Yep. So I'm down there that weekend just brainstorming, trying to get ideas from other clubs. And I'm at this spot called Club Chaos on Monday nights. I'm in there and I hear the DJ say, yo, Jagged Edge in the building. I'm like, okay, that Jagged Edge, you know, I like their music. I'm like, yo, that, that's dope. So I ended up being in the VIP with Brian mm -hmm. from Jagged Edge. And I, and, I, and, I, and I went to holler him. I said, look, bro, look, I got this spot in Gwinnett. I said, I know y'all big, y'all big time. Yeah, they had, they, had, they had in this world at that yeah, point, right? This is, yeah, this is like when they was popping, popping, yeah. popping. And I was like, look, man, I got this party, and I would love for y'all to come out there. It's in Gwinnett. We've never had celebrities out there. I said, look, I don't got no budget to pay you, mm -hmm. but I know that if I promote y'all, we can do good, and y'all can have half the door. Mm. And he's like, bro, like, we, we normally get, you know what I'm saying, we yeah. normally charge. Already. He's like, look, you know, but I like how you came at me. He said, I, I can't guarantee the whole group will come out there, but me and my brother at least will come out there. Where's that again? Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, it's on Pleasant Hill. He's like, I know, buying a Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. I was so hyped, David that I left without even getting Brian's phone. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even get his phone number, y'all. I remember on the high, I was on 85 North going home, like, oh, I didn't get his phone number. Oh. Right? That hurts. I was, I was hurt, right? But David, the way that my man looked at me and said he was going to come, I believed him. So now, I took another 500, did 10,000 flyers. Put his face on the phone. <laughs> I put the whole group, I ain't gonna front. I put the whole group on the flyer. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't find no pictures of just them it. two. Right. And man, and these flies were so dope, Dave. I put the fly, it was these black flies. It was sexy flies. They was huge. It, was, it wasn't the little small ones, right, right? right? Same thing. We hit the neighborhoods again. Hit the barbershops, hit the salons, the same, hit the mall. Ah, uh, Jagged Edge is coming to Gwinnett. So man, that the night came. Look, people was blowing my phone up, Dave. People was asking for VIP sections. We didn't even have sections wow. at this club. I'm over here trying to like put together these little <laughs> couches. You know what I'm saying? Like we just like making something happen, right? Dave, the night of the party came. I got to tell you the story because it's going to come full circle with mm. what's going on right now. The night of the party came, Dave, and I'm at the spot. And I just remember getting there at about 10 o'clock. And at 10 o'clock, the line was around the building, okay? Mm. We didn't even have enough security guards. I had probably like five security guards. Wow. And it's already like 200 people outside the building when I got there. <laughs> um, I got a dope girl. Jason was there too. Jason was there helping me out in the front with the line. He was so good at the line, yo. He was beast. So Jason was, he was still working at the call center. I think Jason was still there at the call center, but he was also helping me out right, at my right. party. So Jason was my VIP door. Mm. He handled the VIP. Right. Yo, 11 o'clock, people are still pouring in. By midnight, the whole club was already packed, and it was still in line around the building. So I'm looking, I'm walking by the register. My heart like, is pounding like a good, like a movie. I'm trying to see like Yo, this is real, like verbatim, right? So I'm walking past the register. We had to like take the money out the register so that it was filled up. Mm, right. So I'm like, wow. So then it went from excitement to like, damn, it's 12:30. I don't got his number, <laughs> right? And now I'm outside in the line, and I'm hearing like little whispers like, man, check it in, they ain't coming. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They like, man, man, it's 12, they, ain't, they ain't coming to Gwinnett. I knew they weren't going to come to Gwinnett. So I'm hurt. I'm like, I don't know whether they just grabbed the money or, <laughs> or, or, or New just, York came out of you, huh? You know what I'm saying? 
Take the boy out of New York. Can't take the New York. So, man, I would say about 115, man, I just started seeing these CLS Mercedes Polo. This is when the wow. CLSs first came out. It was like two of them in a uh, G-Wagon. I'm looking, I'm looking. It was like slow motion, man. The door opened. I see Brian hop out. I see wow. my brother hop out. And, yo, I can't describe that feeling of seeing them, y'all. They, 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 they showed up, man. They showed up. I went, got them, walked in the building. And, um, yo, Nightlife Link, the uh, little party website, mm -hmm. people was there. And, bruh, we had a run for about three and a half years, man. We had one of the wow. biggest parties on Thursday nights for about three and a half years, man. Yeah, it's called, it was a spot called Cafe Lavaca, and then it changed to Belushi's. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I had a Round run. of applause, please. That's goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah, so that was like my first little taste of entrepreneurship because mm. once we got full scale, I had about 11 security guards working for me, two DJs, you know what I'm saying? Like, I learned how to be like an owner. Mm. Like, I, I had a payroll, right. you know what I'm saying? So that was like my first little taste of running an operation. And from there, man, Alex, uh, AG Entertainment, uh, sent some people out to scout. He was making so much noise. Mm. He sent out his uh, partners to come scout us out. And uh, then uh, I, was, I used to host my parties on a microphone. I was a dude that was getting the party hype. Right, right. And he sent some people out there. They loved, They was loving how I was rocking the party. And they was like, hey, you think you can come to Compound mm -hmm. and, do the, and get on the mic with us? He was rocking Compound, too. Bro, I rocked Compound for two years. I did Velvet Room on Sunday nights when it was at its peak. I was a dude on the mic. And keep in mind, I'm not on the radio. Like, I was the only person that was not on radio hosting parties of that magnitude. That's crazy. Yo, first off, I just want to ask y'all, if you'd have left uh, Brian and you didn't have his number, who would have had the audacity to put a flyer together and promote it as if they was coming? <laughs> I don't know if I would have. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't know. You feel me? That's, that's a whole nother level of, he said he was coming. Yeah. He said he was coming. I guess that's the fallback, right? Yo, he said he was coming. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He said he was coming. That's crazy. Cause there's no Instagram. He might, did you tell him the address? Like, yeah. But at the same time, this is Atlanta, where people say That's anything. That's true. You wouldn't do that now. Nah. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. And he's actually, he probably came to the club maybe 13 times after that. Wow. Like, just without promoting him, just, he just loved that party. Goodness so it was a blessing, gracious. man. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you start, so you start rocking these parties. So now I'm hosting Alex What year is this? This was, had to be at least, this is 2007. 2007, 2008, around that time. You know, here's the crazy thing, because yeah. I was in the club heavy, really? so I probably <laughs> saw you. Because yeah. I would be, I would, um, so me and DJ Infamous moved I over here. I used to rock Infamous. Yeah, so. I used, I used to be on the mic, Infamous was the DJ at Compound, and the same thing at Velvet Room. I used to host, Bro, and he was the DJ. I was in the club yeah. every day that yeah. he was there. So I was like, I know, I know I saw you. That's Absolutely. crazy. I used to go That's by amazing. Sincere. That was my party name, Sincere. And the reason I didn't go by Alex is it was already Alex in the city. Already, so yeah. Sincere was like my, my, my nickname, party name. <laughs> yeah, that's a New York name. Don't nobody yeah. come up that much. New York is Sincere. Yeah, man. Right around belly time. Okay, yeah. so rocking parties, right? So how do we like transition to this mogul truck empire you got going on? Dave, I'm, I'm gonna have to get deep on you real quick because I can't, I can't avoid this part of my story Please. before I get to the trucking. Um, That's a good story, right? Like, goodness gracious. Yo, so I'm at the peak of my promoting career. I'm hosting the hottest parties in Atlanta. My name's on the radio. Life is good, right? Um, 
I was hosting this party called Pure Atlanta on mm -hmm. Thursday nights. And um, I met this young lady in the VIP. Um, you know, the life, you're a promoter, you know the lifestyle, man. I'm going to be, a lot of young I'm gonna be all the way VIP, transparent yeah. with y'all. And um, the regular night, you know, I'm in the VIP, pouring up a little champagne for her, got a number. Uh, pretty light-skinned girl, long, long hair. I'm like, yo, um, what you doing next week? Let's go to have a drink or something. She was like, cool, this is when I had a spot in Atlantic Station. This is when Atlantic Station first was, you know, you know how hot Atlantic it was. Station? Yeah, I was in Atlantic Station? Did you dress like this too, nah, back then? Okay, I was about to say, because you was killing about nah. it. <laughs> <laughs> killing him. Yo, Dave, dang, I wasn't going to tell this story. So, I'm, so I told her, let's link up next Tuesday. This is a Thursday. I told her, let's link up next Tuesday. Mm. I said, uh, she, the plan was she was supposed to drive to my house, park her car, hop in my car, and go to uh, the little lounge with me. Mm -hmm. The night comes, she is trying to meet me at a restaurant called Silver Skillet on 14th Street. She was going to park her car there. I was like, look, if you park your car there, you're probably going to get towed. My, little, my spot is right on 16th Street. Just follow me, park your car in my driveway, and we're going to go to the spot together. So she's like, cool. So she follows me to my townhouse. I pull up and I pull past my driveway to make, so, so that she can pull behind me and pull in. Mm -hmm. Instead of her pulling in, she just stays behind me in front of my driveway. So I'm like putting my hand out the window like, yo, go ahead and park. She just stays there. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. So I get out my car and I walk behind me to see what's going on. As I walk to her car, another car pulls in the street from behind her and starts pulling up towards us. Then the car comes and cuts off me from my car. Two guys hop out. <laughs> yeah, two guys hop out. Um, the young dude hops out the passenger side and starts walking towards me. He's like, what the F you doing with my girl, dog? Before I could even process what was going on, he Floyd Mayweathered me. Mm. He punched me right in my face. This is the first time I ever even got hit in my life. Like I've never been, I never brought that type of energy towards me. So I was more shot. It didn't even hurt. It, he got me real, real good right here. Though. Right. I ain't dropped or nothing. I was just shocked. So I'm like, okay, all right, I got to fight now. This is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then the driver hops out, big dude, and I see the gun in his hand. I said, at this point, I got a decision to make. Do I fight and possibly get shot? Do I run? Um, I just decided to fall, take my butt whooping like a man, and just hope the guy, he don't shoot me. Mm. These two dudes stopped me out for about, it felt like about 15 minutes, mm. right? They stopped me out, and um, I literally had to stop moving and pretend like I was dead for these dudes to stop stomping me out. I'm like just covering my face on the ground. Um, once they finally left, she got in her car left, they got in their car left. Um, I get up, my phone was gone. My car was uh, still open, though. Um, they didn't take no money from me. I had a 745 at the time. They didn't touch the car. Um, I'm, it, was her, it was her boyfriend. Mm. So um, I literally hopped in my car, and my plan was to go to a friend's house in case they came back. I just wanted to get out of there. So I get in the car, and I'm driving, and I notice that my seat is real wet. And then I notice it start getting hard. It start, it's, it's hard to breathe. And I'm literally about to make the left on West Peace Street to get on 85, but then I was like, nah, something ain't right. Like every time I inhale, it's like a sharp pain right here. So I was like, nah, this ain't good. So I start, So I literally made a U-turn on West Peace Street Street. You know West Peace Street is a one-way street. Mm -hmm. I'm literally riding, it's 2 in the morning, I'm literally riding up West Peace Street Street the wrong way looking for a hospital. Um, and I start getting weak. I start feeling like I'm about to faint. And all I could keep thinking was like, just get to the hospital. Don't faint in the car. And by the grace of God, I seen that H sign. It was um, Emory right there on um, 
um, Peace Street and right across the street from um, where the old Gladys Knights used to be at. Mm -hmm. I got to the hospital, walked in, the lady at the uh, register was like, uh, can I help you right now? It's blood coming down my face and everything. I'm like, look ma'am, I just got, I'm hurt. Like I'm bleeding in my back. I need to see a doctor. She's like, hey, fill out the paperwork, sit down, we'll get to you. Savage, golly. Right, keep in mind, I'm feeling like I'm about to faint. I'm like, no ma'am, you don't understand. I need to go see somebody like right now. Um, so she says, fill out the paperwork, we'll get to you. So I'm literally filling out the paperwork and I never forget y'all, like I'm bleeding from my face. And as I'm filling out the paperwork, the blood is like filling up the whole paper. So I bring the bloody paper to the lady and I'm like, here you go. And that's when she was like, oh shit, let me go ahead and send this dude in the back. Y'all, I get to the back, doctor pulls off my shirt and he's like examining me to see what's going on with me. And he was like, sir, do you realize you've been stabbed one, two, three times in the back? Yeah. What? They stabbed me three times in the back. I, I didn't even know this. I, I barely knew this, her name. Like, I was just, I'm just, you know, trying to have a good time. Like, yo, just let's go to have a drink. Yup. Stabbed me three times in the back. <sighs> and um, so, you know, I had to recover. It took me about five months to kind of get back. Thank God it wasn't nothing serious. They punctured my lung. I had to get a chest tube. Mm -hmm. But um, it wasn't nothing too serious um, yeah. to where I wasn't able to recover after about four or five months. But, bruh, like, I tried to go back in the clubs and I just, I, I lost the passion for it. Yeah. I didn't feel like being in that, being exposed to that type of life was worth my life. And it was at that moment that I decided that I was not going to be messing with the parties no more, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Golly. Am I good on time on that? Okay. So, what do we do now? Are you better at managing your money at this point? Um, or are you not, still out here? Well, you had the 745. <laughs> right, 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 right. Not really. Not really? Not really. Okay. Not yet. Didn't learn yet. Okay. Not yet, not yet man. So, uh, long story short, brother, um, I moved to Miami. I needed to get out of Atlanta. I needed to get out of this energy. Really? Yeah, I moved to Miami in 2000. 10, mm. 2009, 2010, I moved to Miami. And, um, you know, did have a couple of dollars saved up. Obviously, you got to have a couple of dollars right, right. Miami. And I had a good time. I, I went out there. And did you do promoting ball. or you nah. were just? I literally was living off my savings account. I'm going to just be all the way real with you. Really? I, went, I was living off my savings account in Miami. Yeah, living above my means. I was living in a high rise overlooking the water. The whole nine. Right. I, I lived my best. Like, this is when LeBron was down there. This is when Cash Money, Young Money was popping. Uh, like, this is when Live on Sunday. Like I was just, I just Drake went out there. really just like started getting. Uh. Exactly. This is that time. It was a great time in Miami at this point. And uh, bro, I went broke. <laughs> I went broke. <laughs> Let me be real. I went broke. Yeah. Year three, 2012. I was down to like my last five grand, man. Mm. And um, yo, I, I came back home. I, I hit mom up like, yo, I just need like four or five months. Mm. I need four or five months, ma. Let me come home, let me just figure this out. I just need to get away from these bills and just have a clear head real yeah. quick. And uh, man, I, um, I worked on my credit while I was at my mom's house. Um, I did some research and I knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur and I, I wanted to do something that was gonna last this time. Right. I didn't want to do something just because it was cool. So man, after I worked on my credit, I went and got me a little line of credit. Uh, me and my, one of my friends hooked up and came up with this idea that we was gonna get a line of credit and then go start uh, go go open up a restaurant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is Jason doing at this time? Jason is um, is is actually delivering washers and dryers 
Really? So it's yeah. crazy. So for those that don't know Jason, so Jason's also running a seven-figure business now too. That's why the, the story is just so ill. Y'all were <laughs> absolutely selling uh, fuel juice or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, Z-Max. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, so Jason's delivering uh, washes and dries at this point. I'm living with my mother. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't got off of Twitter. I didn't got off of social media. I'm like, man, no, can't nobody know what's going on right now. I'm living with moms right now. Mm. And man, me and my partner at the time, D, we uh, decided we was gonna get a line of credit and we was gonna go open up a restaurant or a barbershop, mm -hmm. either or. So once we got the money, it was like 20 grand. We went around looking at restaurants. Uh, every time we would find a spot, something would just fall through and it just won't go through. Right, right. Then we was gonna do a barbershop. It just would not come together. But during that time, I just kept running into people that were in trucking. Mm -hmm. Just randomly like yeah like whether it was truck drivers but then i ran into this uh particular dude i'm not gonna say his name but i ran into this guy who was doing real well for himself mm -hmm. and i'm like yo what you got going on brother and he was like yeah you know i got these uh these box trucks i got this contract with the post office mm. and i'm eating i'm like what i was like damn trucks i ain't know nothing about trucks so i'm like all right well shoot you know i'm from new york like y'all know i'm a hustler like i, I adapt to whatever so right. i'm like do i need to get a truck like what's up <laughs> he was like yeah get you a truck i'll put you on so I went, y'all, within 30 days, I used my money, and we went and got us a box truck. How much did you start with? Uh, the bo that box truck was only like eight grand. It was like a little... Right. little, little so little you didn't touch the 20000 line of credit? It was out of that. It was oh, gotcha, 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 yeah, gotcha. absolutely. So, man, I called my guy up. I'm like, yo, I got the truck. What's good? He was like, um, ah, yeah, give me a second. I'm going to make a couple calls, and, um, and I'll put you on. Just give me a second. Um, a couple weeks go by, I don't hear nothing from him. You know, Dang. truck note around the corner, insurance around the corner, you know what I'm saying? And um, I call him back. Yo, my man, he just stopped answering his phone. Mm. Yeah, he just stopped answering his phone, y'all. So here I am with this uh, truck with no direction. So at that point, I got an option. I can either sink or swim. Yeah. Um, I decided to swim. So I'm, I'm online, I'm on Google, how to run a trucking company. I'm on YouTube watching as much videos as possible, how to run a trucking company. And um, I, I, I did it. Like, it was working. Like, mm -hmm. I was booking my loads. I found me a little driver. because But you weren't driving yeah. yourself, ever? Nah, I never drove it. So I you was, never thought, I need to jump in here and get my CDL and drive so I can make some money? No, I did. Because, because for, for one, I'm not a good driver. I'm, I'm a good driver, but I'm not good at driving long distances. Right. I'm not good at that. Like, me, Atlanta to Charlotte is my max, mm -hmm. period. Right. And I'm, I need to get out the seat. So I knew that wasn't for me. But, um... The good thing about box trucks is that you didn't have to have a CDL for that. Mm -hmm. So I literally, you can hire anybody. So I find, we find some little driver, put them in there. I'm booking the loads. I'm on this, we, you know, we have a database in trucking where we can actually go online and find loads for our trucks, mm -hmm. right? We can negotiate the rates and we can actually eat what we kill, right? So, you know, I just said, I was like, I'm good with the phones. Yeah. So that was like second nature for me. So I'm mm -hmm. on there booking my loads. So guess what though? Um, I don't really got that much money. So whenever these brokers and these shippers are telling me, look, I'll pay you $1,000 for this load. I'm, all I hear is $1,000. I'll right. take it. <laughs> but I didn't understand like what my truck was really worth and what was I supposed to be charging. Right. So I was taking whatever they was paying us. Y'all might, I mean, we might as well have been called Crackhead Express. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, all the loads for the low. Yeah, like if you pay, we taking it. You loads know what I'm saying? Loads for the low, that. <laughs> That's the name of my truck company, Loads for the Love. <laughs> right, right, right. Watch that. Yo, so, man, I'm thinking I'm making some money. Like, because we getting these deposits, I'm like, oh, we good. But then 
once these bills start getting due, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, by the time I'm paying fuel, by the time I'm paying my driver, I'm looking at these spreadsheets. These spreadsheets looking real suspect, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They looking real suspect. And I'm realizing, like, damn, I ain't making no money for real. Mm-hmm. And uh, within 11 months, bro, we was out of business. Wow. It was out of business. It was upside down, man. I ended up having to get the trucks back, man. Mm. Yeah, we out of business. Show your credit. Um, thank God we did it on the uh, business. Mm. So it wasn't on my personal. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, man. So at this point, I'm like, damn. Like, but I had seen enough. To where it was like, okay, I'm not gonna give up. I just did something wrong, mm. right? Like I seen enough potential in it to where I was like, dang, that's a bar. Is that not? Yeah. He said, yeah, I'm not gonna give up. I just did something wrong. But a lot of entrepreneurs, they think, oh, this the business doesn't work. He just said, yo, I did something wrong. Ah, proceed. This is yeah. this is good. Yeah. This is good. I, I I seen the potential, but I knew I did something wrong. So I was like, okay, let me take some time off and let me do some research and identify what I did wrong and see if I can give this thing another shot. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I got a little spoiled with the, with, with the little of success that I've seen. I'm like, nah, I just got to tweak some things. Mm-hmm. So I literally, uh, Dave, I took about, I would say about eight, nine months straight research. Mm-hmm. And I like to call this year the year of the sacrifice. This is two, the end of 2013. This is when I, I went cold turkey on everything. I stopped going out. I stopped dating. Um, I stopped smoking weed. Um, I stopped getting haircuts. I stopped going outside. Mm-hmm. I literally only went outside to walk my dog. I was wow. locked in. I was like, nah, I gotta figure this out. So um, after I gained my confidence back, after I identified what I did wrong, I gave it another shot, but this time, I did it with the 18-wheeler. So here we Yo, go. So, oh man. So you got the box truck, mm-hmm. lost. you fail at that. Yeah, lost bad. And then you come back, and it's not like you start where you, like, I, Maybe something's wrong with my entrepreneurship mind. Because I'd have probably started with a, another box truck. Let, me, let yeah. me start low, but you went 18-wheeler. Yeah, you know why? Because the box trucks didn't have that much um, loads available to them. Mm. Every time I was on that load board, I would see loads for 53-foot trucks, which is the 18-wheelers. I would keep saying, like, damn, they paying some good money for that 18-wheeler. Right. <laughs> but I got the little 26-foot boy. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't fit, you know, a full truckload is what they call it. I was called LTL, you know, uh, you know, it wasn't the full load. So long story short, man, I, I, I've been getting teased for that whole first year with seeing them, them big boys get that mm. big money. So I was like, nah, when I get back, I'm getting me an 18-wheeler. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Man, got my first 18-wheeler, Dave, and uh, it was like night and day, man. It was like night and day. Like, just to be able to get on that load board and be able to get to pick whatever load I want now because right. I got the big boy joint. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, um, yo, I grinded it out. I focused on money management. Now I know how to manage my money. Now I realize, okay, when I make the profits, instead of blowing it, let's go ahead and reinvest into the business. Let's save it for a rainy day, for truck breakdown. Let me make sure that I got enough money to handle whatever is thrown at me with this business. Because it's a big boy business. You know what I'm saying? This ain't nothing to play with. You know, this is a, these are 80,000 pound machines, heavy machinery. So if you want to get into this business, you gotta make sure that you got a cushion. Mm-hmm. And I realized that from my research. So that first 10,000 I made off that first 18 wheeler, we putting that up. That's the, that's the emergency money right there. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah. So now, anytime my truck broke down. You got the emergency. 
Yeah. And my thing was minimal downtime. I don't care what it costs. It's four thousand. Let's get it. Let's get it paid and get back up and running because I know I'll be able to make it right back. Right. My first truck paid for my second truck. How how soon before you got into that second truck? Um, about a, about a year. About a year. About a year. Mm -hmm. Could you have done it sooner? Probably. Do you teach people to do it sooner? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got some of my clients starting that too. We're going to get into that. With, mm. They start oh, off for sure. We're going to get into that. I'm getting it. Janae. Yeah. Let's get this truck going. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yo, man, just um, I figured it out. Like it was finally working. It was finally working. And I'm up to three trucks now. And the money that comes from three trucks was like way different than one. Because mm -hmm. I realized that one truck pays for the other two trucks. So at this point, it's just a volume game for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the market was really good. So I'm just like, I'm killing it. I'm killing it at this point. You know, we have a factoring company where we don't got to wait to get paid. So mm -hmm. we pick up a load on Monday. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And 
Everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash Social proof. Hey, y'all, I ain't going to lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school, and they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Yuffie lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry so it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store 0.3 second fingerprint recognition listen you put your fingerprint on there you don't have, even if you got you got your bags you put one finger out there boop you get to unlock your door that way no battery anxiety you don't have to worry about the battery dying quick charging it's incredible also passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally. And you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Eufy is on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. All backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay? Listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, E-U-F-Y dot com. I just... Order mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's it's, it's, it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy, video lock. That's E-U-F-Y, video lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door, okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door, incredible, okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. We deliver on Tuesday, we get paid on Tuesday. Mm, so now nice. my business starts paying for itself now. So now I ain't got to go back on my personal money. So, you know, even people who are just getting started, if you get started in a trucking company, you get rolling within the first two weeks, you already made all the money from five, six, seven loads. So God forbid if you blow a flat tire, guess what? You've already took, um, you already got money in house yeah. from the first few loads. So now you can pay for that flat tire. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what I love about the industry. So once I got my cash flow right, Man, it was it was it was it was crazy since then, man. So now uh, we have a fleet of um, eleven trucks now. So you have eleven trucks. That's a round of applause. Eleven yeah. trucks right there. Yeah. Um, so you have eleven trucks, but um, I believe your formula for getting eleven trucks works because you got a bunch of students that got trucks, right? Absolutely. So yeah. how how many students in in the last? 
because you haven't always been like just you know teaching people how Absolutely. to do it. I'll tell you about that. Um, 2015, once I really started like seeing some really good profits, and mm -hmm. I was really confident with my process, and I was automated at this point. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, you know what? If only I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have lost that 20 grand that first year in business. I wouldn't have lost all, right. all that time. I wouldn't have went out of business. So I was like, man, like I need to show, and it wasn't nobody out there showing the trucking game. Like there's real estate classes everywhere. All right. You know what I'm saying, seminars for all this stuff. But I could not find somebody that was teaching transportation. In the transportation industry, we're talking about a $700 billion industry a year. Mm. Somebody's getting paid, yeah. right? So I'm like, oh nah, like I'm gonna start showing people how to do it the right way the first time. Mm. So 2015, man, I started just helping out friends first. Mm. And I would literally just start putting on my Instagram. Yo, I just put my boy James in business. Mm -hmm. He just got him a truck, he doing his thing. Then I would get a couple DMs. Yo, you think you can show me how to do that? Right. So here we are, one, two, three clients that I'm putting in business, and now we up to 20 clients, and it starts getting bigger than me. Um, last March, you know, this is three years of me doing one-on-one -on -one consultations. Last March, I had a waiting list till Christmas for my service. Dang. Yeah, we had a waiting list. I started off, I was charging, <laughs> I was charging $1,500 in 2015 to show people what I do for my time. Mm -hmm. And um, by last March, I was up to about $10,000 a client. Yeah. And it was a waiting list. Yeah. And there's a waiting list of people trying to pay you ten grand. For Christmas, yeah. From last March, yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah, so it got bigger than me by the grace of God. You know, there's just the results, the testimonials, and it got to the point where my clients were promoting my business for me. Mm -hmm. um, I had 790 followers this time last year, David. I'm going to be real with you. 790 followers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I've seen it. Because I remember you didn't have that many followers. And then I looked today, and it was how many? Um, I'll probably get 10,000 by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I've been able to see it grow. And mm -hmm. so the collab, and trust me, I'm going to ask the questions on That's how nice. we can get into it. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> trust me. I'm, I'm going to ask the questions that we're all <laughs> wanting to know. Mm -hmm. But um, you started working with ET, uh, right? Wow, CJ was... and how how'd, how'd that work out? Um, just like everybody else, I have been watching, um, you know, Eric Thomas on the videos. You know, when I went out of business, that's who, that, I would watch his videos to kind of get me out that depression that I was mm -hmm. in. And um, man, I seen he was doing a cruise last March. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it was five grand. And I was like, okay, I made a couple of dollars. I can make this investment. Like I told, my, I told, uh, <laughs> I was like, let's go on this cruise, you know? Went on a cruise, man. And um, I just went to get some motivation. I didn't go there to take no pictures and all right. that. I just wanted to get some motivation, you know? So I was doing good at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, we went to St. Martin, St. Thomas, and Bahamas. In St. Martin, the, dock, the ship docked, and we were out on the uh, little restaurant outside the dock. And CJ and his wife sits yeah. at the table next to us. I didn't know CJ. Shout out to Candace. Candace. Mm -hmm. And then Jamal and his wife sat next to them, and then Josh and his wife mm -hmm. sat next to them. Keep in mind, I didn't really know who they were. I seen CJ on the mic earlier, right. but I didn't really know the positioning. CJ's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have a small talk. I'm not really one of those people that are, yo, yo, this is what I do. Da, da, da. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not, they call him clout chase. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't be on that. Mm -hmm. But we just had an organic conversation. Like, what do you do, Alex? I'm like, yo, I got my little trucking company, and um, I help people. I help people get into my industry. And uh, CJ just like, he loved what I, what I told him. He loved mm -hmm. what I did. And he was like, look, I want to invite you to something in Atlanta called Masters of the Game. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. He was like, yo, just show up here in two weeks. There's a little house in Atlanta. We'll talk when you get there. Mm -hmm. 
um, I show up to this mansion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they got the gate in the front. We pulling up the long driveway. I walk up in there and it's like 20 guys in there. CJ, Josh, Jamal, and then ET comes walking in. And then we go downstairs and they're like, look, this group right here, um, we've handpicked you guys um, all over the country. Um, and we feel like you guys have mastered your industry and we've created this group so we can help you guys take it to the next level. Yeah. Everybody in here does something different and you guys are going to network and iron sharpens iron. So um, we're in this real intimate setting, ET's there talking, everybody has to stand up and tell their story. Um, I stood up, told my story, some of what you guys already heard. and. Um, I never forget it. After I told my story, everybody was just like going crazy. And as I was walking to the bathroom, ET grabbed me and like shoved me into this room. And he was like, "Yo, bro, like, yo, your, your story is powerful, man, and, mm-hmm. and you and you do a real good job of telling it." Right. And um, CJ was like, "Look, in order for you to take it to the next level, you got to put this uh, consultation online." He was like, look, you're doing your thing, but you're only one person. You got to duplicate yourself. You got people all over the country trying to holler at you, but you turning down and you losing out because you're only one person. You're right. taking on too much. And I was like, online, like, I don't know about that. Like, right. I do one-on-ones. Like, I go to the dealership That's with my clients, thing. right? I help them find the drivers. I bring the mechanics, the whole nine. He's like, nah, you got to put it online. So uh, he said, look, get all your content on paper. We're going to send the camera crew. We're going to shoot the videos create the PDFs to go with the videos, and we're gonna put it on and, and just put it out. Mm-hmm. Within four months, I locked in, locked in, uh, me and Vatisse. Mm-hmm. And we locked in, bruh, and I hit CJ up in about four months. I was like, look, it's done. Mm-hmm. He was like, damn, it's done already? I was like, yeah. He was like, yo, Alex, so many people try to get into business with us, and we tell them what to do, but they never follow through, they never execute. They was like, yo, shout out to you for executing. Mm-hmm. He was like, and once he seen the content, he was like, yo, this is fire. He was like, so not only are we gonna help you uh, put it out, but we're gonna put you on our platform. So, um, how much port- is that program? Um, so, my portal is on Breathe University, mm-hmm. which is um, their um, online training po- uh, portal. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it's just ironic the person that I've been looking to, looking, looking up to this whole time, is I'm now in business with them now. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the porter was, uh, CJ was like, look, let's price it at $2,000. Let's make it affordable. You know, if you're charging 10000 for your one-on-ones, obviously it doesn't require as much time from you. Right. Let's do it for $2,000. Gotcha. So we have a $2,000 package that gives you 90 days access to all the content to show you how to get into the trucking industry from A to Z, okay? And then we also have a monthly, uh, a monthly mastermind membership that allows you to stay locked in with us, mm-hmm. but also we do weekly calls Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., we lock in on uh, Zoom, a video nice. chat, and uh, we discuss different topics every week in trucking. So the first 30 minutes is us uh, talking about a certain topic, and then the other half is a Q&A session. And I, I have experts from the industry coming on as well. We've done uh, 20 weeks now, so we have 20 hours right. worth of content now on top of the uh, information that was already in the portal. Right. So it's, right. it's, it's like a family now, like, and people are up and running. Mm-hmm. We dropped it October 5th is when we dropped this online digital training portal. And honestly, I just dropped it as a, as a soft launch. I just wanted to kind of get some feedback. Um, I wanted to be able to fix any kinks that came about. You know, I wanted to listen for feedback. If somebody was like, hey, I don't see this in the portal, we can go ahead and just add it in there. Right. So I literally was just looking for about 50 people. Um, here we are six months, and I think we've done almost 250 members. Dang, something's working. 
Yeah. Something's working. All right, so we got to get into it because there's a bunch of entrepreneurs out here. Because Arrow got a couple of dollars, you know what I'm saying? You get a couple of dollars, I get a couple of dollars, we put a couple of dollars together, right? So um, how much does it cost to get into a truck? Like to get into a truck and get it rolling. Gotcha. Uh, it's two different ways that you can come into the industry. You can come in as a cash buyer or you can come in um, on a finance route, right? Um, I tell people all the time, if you're coming in on a finance route as an investor, um, the best way to get into it is having your own relationship with a credit union. Okay, credit unions right now are probably the most ideal way to get in as far as financing goes. Why? Interest rates are a lot lower, and a lot of times, um, some of them will even cover 100% of your uh, of your truck, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't. We could, I'm gonna tell it, and if he doesn't want it out there, we can edit it later. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Jeremy Anderson, for example, he's right. probably probably has the best deal I've, I've seen so far. Really? Jeremy went through his credit union mm -hmm. and got them to finance his truck and his trailer with no money down. And his truck note is like, his note is like under like $1,300 a month. For really? his truck and his trailer. Had an awesome interest rate, no money down, and he has a truck and a trailer. Right, I'm gonna call Jeremy to tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna just call him, see what's going on. Right. So, uh, so, so outside of that though. Yeah, what's the typical situation? Yeah, outside of that, there's other costs associated as far as like your down payment for your insurance, tags, um, all the miscellaneous expenses that you can't get around that you have to uh, pay for to get into the industry is gonna run you anywhere from seven to seven to $10,000, okay? Mm -hmm. So best case scenario, you can probably get into this game for about seven to $10,000 if you don't have to put money down. If you do have to put money down, which is if your credit isn't, isn't the best credit and you don't have a relationship with a, with a credit union, you can definitely go through the dealership financing. Mm -hmm. Similar to like when you go buy a car, you know, you can get your own financing through your bank right. or you can go to the car and use their banks. Mm -hmm. Coming in as an investor, you're going to be putting down at least about 30%. Mm -hmm. If you have a CDL, you're considering 30% of, of what the truck costs. The truck is. So how much is a truck typically? The trucks that we recommend you getting is going to range anywhere from forty-five to sixty thousand dollars. Forty-five. So just 60. know you're going to put down about Six, ten thousand. Eight. Okay. So that'd be about eighteen thousand. Correct. If it's thirty percent of sixty. Correct. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So that that'll take care. But of that's your if you ba have bad credit, though. No, that's if you have decent credit, or if you don't have a relationship with a bank that you can uh, get financing from. Gotcha. Does that okay. make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So y'all got that? So about 18,000, 10,000. So you you need about 30,000 cash to get in. Absolutely. Give you a clean two, right? Yeah. So, okay. So and, oh, and the portal is a tax write-off, by the way. Say it again? The portal is a tax write-off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. 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 Yeah. All right. So how soon do people typically get their money back? And it is no typical, right? Absolutely. Because some people, yeah. Everybody's situation is different. Um, best case, the best case scenario. I mean, best case and worst case. Best case, um, 10 months, mm -hmm. 10 months to a year. Uh, worst case, two and a half, three years. Mm -hmm. Worst case. To get your money back. Yeah, worst case. So how, how do you create the best case scenario? What is the, the habits that people have mm -hmm. that, yo, I get in and I make my money? Learning how to negotiate, mm -hmm. which is what the, tra the portal trains you on. Mm -hmm. knowing, knowing not to take cheap freight having a good driver. The portal is gonna train you on how to attract drivers, the hiring process, but most importantly, how to keep good drivers, okay? That's what's gonna make the difference of you. Um, that's the difference between the super successful trucking companies versus the mm -hmm. ones that just get by, right. is that driver. Because obviously, we can have the best truck in the world, right? We can have a 2019 truck. We can have a contract with you know, Coca-Cola. 
But if we don't have a driver that's going to get in there and grind, it's going it's to make a difference. Right. So um, I see the difference with companies who have good drivers or a good driver versus the ones who have just a dude who's trying to get home every other day right. Right. who ain't really hustling like that. So that driver is definitely like that pivotal point of what, what, what separates the super successful from the ones that just kind of make it. So what's, what's a typical load? I mean, what's the average load that you could take? Um, what do you mean? Like, I mean, so I, I get a truck and I say JT is driving, mm -hmm. right? I'll, so JT owns the truck. He gets me to drive, okay? Right. And he, how much is the load, how much are typical loads that he's telling me to take? Um, we try to stay above $2 a mile. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people all the time, as long as you stay above $2 a mile, you better to make it. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Anything above $2 is gravy you know i've gotten loads that pay three four five dollars a mile mm. during peak season you know we right. got different seasons in trucking um so let's say three dollars a mile mm -hmm. what's an average run like um what i like to do is loads that pick up on a monday and deliver on a tuesday mm -hmm. i the quicker we get that load off that truck the quicker we can get some more money on it right so a good load for me is about 500 miles 550 okay. miles okay that way we can get loaded early monday morning get to that destination by that night, shut down, reload in the morning. Cause see, drivers have a certain law of how many hours they're able to drive, right? Mm. Department of Transportation requires you to only be able to drive 11 hours. That's how long a, tr a truck driver can legally drive. But he's allowed to be on the clock for 14 hours, meaning on duty. So those extra three hours outside of that 11 hours can be used for getting loaded, getting unloaded, getting gas, et cetera, right? So the goal is to maximize that 11 hours drive time to get to that destination, they have to go to sleep for 10 hours. It has to be documented. Once they shut down, they need to be able to wake up in that morning, deliver that load, get reloaded. Gotcha. Do the same thing again on Wednesday. Also, oh, every time you take a load from Atlanta, you go to, let's say, Virginia. Charlotte, yeah. Virginia, yeah. they drop that load off, and they're, they always pick up another load to bring yeah. back to Atlanta? Connected. They don't have to come back to Atlanta. That's the thing. We try to find drivers that are flexible and can stay on the road for at least a couple um, weeks. So it's literally connecting the dots. So we can go to Virginia, and then my, my dispatchers are trained to find the best paying load out of Virginia going to, for example, Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're also not just booking loads just off the dollar amounts. We're looking at, okay, if we go to Tennessee, what's the market in Tennessee? Because mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're thinking long run as well, too. Not, it's, it's just not about today. It's about, okay, right. once I get to Tennessee, how's the market in Tennessee? So we're able to actually go and see the whole country and see where the freight is hot and where the freight is cold. This is what I train on the portal as well, to show you how to read the market. You know, it's not just about booking loads, it's about knowing how to position your trucks. You know, different times of the year, mm -hmm. the freight changes. You know, right now, the South is on fire right now. Mm -hmm. Atlanta, believe it or not, is the number one market in the country right now, today, as really? far as loads. Right now, I looked this morning, there were 7,200 loads in Atlanta yesterday and there were only uh, 1,316 trucks. Dang, so we can get money right. Eric, you got 10? I got 10, you got, you got 10, Jay? I got 10. So I'm gonna say it again, it was 7,200 loads in Atlanta yesterday and 1,300 trucks. What does that tell y'all? Market's wide open. Supply and demand. The more loads that there is, the less trucks that there are, that means that they have to pay us more money. Why? Because there's 6,000 loads that's not gonna get off their dock tomorrow. The ones that are gonna move, are the ones that what? Yo, you know what? Here's the thing, though. And it seems like you can get that money back a lot faster than yeah. 10 months, though. I'm going to be real with you, Dave. I like to underpromise and overachieve. Mm -hmm. 
He told us 10 months because we're going to get the money back. And they were like, yo, I, okay, all right, all right. I like what's going on Because if I tell okay. you 10 months and you get it back at 6, you ain't going to be mad at me, right? Right. <laughs> Everybody's going to be happy. I like this guy. Yeah, under promise. Like and that's with any business, y'all. Under promise and overachieve. If I know, like, for example, the next big question everybody wants to know after they understand how much it costs to get into the industry, they want to know, okay, how much do I, can I make back a month per truck, right? Absolutely. So I'm going to be real with y'all. Right now, in the last three years, my trucks have averaged take home about $10,000 a month. Each truck? Each truck. Gotcha. Right? Times 11. <laughs> Carry that right? one over there. That's yeah, I'm gonna be real with you. That's how it's been. I mean, last year was probably the best year in trucking I've ever seen. It, I mean, you know, in the year before that, like, you know, God, I, I don't like tragedies, but when there's like hurricanes and Hurricane Harveys and you into that, oh my God, it's ridiculous, right? Oh, and they gotta pay. They gotta pay. Right, right. So I'm gonna be real with y'all. Like for me, we've been averaging about you know eight to ten thousand dollars take home per truck. Take home. Mm-hmm. Take home after expenses, but. Guess what? When people ask me how much um, do I expect to take home, I'm just gonna tell y'all five, six. I'm gonna tell y'all five, six thousand. But guess what? Even at five, six thousand, I don't know. You know, I live a pretty decent lifestyle, but that definitely makes a big chunk in my um, overhead, my personal overhead. You bring home eight to ten thousand. Correct. Times eleven. But I'm gonna tell you guys. <laughs> listen. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell y'all. Ain't counting your pockets tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna tell y'all five. <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all five. There's no reason that. If you have a truck that is not breaking down, if you have a good driver, and you know how to negotiate, and you're running a full week, full four weeks, there's no reason why you should be able to take home five, six grand um, at the end of the month. There's no reason. So if you guys do more than five, six grand, y'all are happy with me. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm telling y'all. Five, six thousand a month, and uh, everything else is just the sprinkles on the cone. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh. Woo. So um, we're going to take two questions. We're going to take two questions from our uh, live studio audience. We got Tonda. What you got? Okay, I came a little late to answer this. Mm -hmm. But as far as um, trying to find drivers mm -hmm. and when it comes to a woman operating that, mm -hmm. um, I've heard stories about that. So is there any um, differences you've seen mm -hmm. in a woman trying to operate that and get mm -hmm. drivers? Absolutely. I'm going to tell you all like this, man. Um, my portal is made up of about 30% women. Um, when I tell, and if anybody follows me on Instagram, you'll see like the people, like I post my clients, I post people when they get up and running. Uh, women are literally taking over this industry. And I'm going to be real with y'all, they, they damn near doing it better than the men. Uh, you know, I feel like women in general are just more thorough uh, creatures. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. Wow. Seriously, and so, you teach uh, self-defense. You good money, okay? <laughs> oh, you good. You good. Right, right, right. So to answer your question, um, absolutely not. Um, I don't think that uh, women have a disadvantage in this industry at all. Um, you know, I got female drivers as well. You know what I mean? I got female drivers that's out here killing it. You know, Cheryl, uh, Gwen, like they out here like running circles around these guys, man. For real, for real. So uh, nah, you know, as long as you know what you're talking about. You know, you're getting educated and you're having um, a conversation with these drivers and they, and they can tell that you know you about your business. I don't see it being a handicap at all. And don't be intimidated. It, it comes off as a male industry, but it's just business at the end of the day. It's all numbers. Business is all numbers. Don't get intimidated. And um, I love, those are some of my favorite clients as women, you know, because y'all can do anything that we can do, sometimes even better. 
love that. Errol. Okay, you lost it. Uh, question? Questions? Questions? Tonda, again, okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, I definitely don't recommend a brand new truck. Um, a brand new truck right now is going to be run. Is, is it'll run you upwards of one hundred twenty thousand dollars? It's no reason to get a brand new truck. Um, we get trucks that are probably about three to four, sometimes even five years old. Um, but we just make sure that we're doing thorough inspections on these trucks because honestly, a used truck that's a good used truck is going to get you the same performance that a brand new truck is going to get you. So instead of spending one hundred twenty thousand, let's get the fifty thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollar truck. That way we can make our money back uh, a lot quicker. And uh, we're just getting warranties. We're gonna get the warranty that covers all the big expenses, right? As long as, you know, my clients know you're not buying a truck without a warranty. We're gonna get a warranty that covers us for at least three years. It's gonna cover all the major components, all the expensive parts, so that God forbid if it does break down, it's covered. And, um, and we try to get our investment back as soon as possible, because once you get that investment back on your truck, now you're playing with house money. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So nah, definitely get a used truck. Um, we're going to get it inspected properly through the dealership or an independent uh, mechanic. And um, we, we just making sure that we invested in that, uh, in that warranty, man. Yep. I love it. I love it. Aaron. What's the biggest setback or expense that your students usually deal with? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, breakdowns. You know, I tell people all the That's time. That's the biggest thing, right? Yeah, breakdowns I tell people all the time. There's two things that's guaranteed in life. Uh, one is that one day we're not going to be here. And number two, your truck is going to break down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Seriously. Those are the two things that are guaranteed. So what my course, what my portal trains on is preventative maintenance, right? Um, ever since I implemented a certain schedule of maintenance with my trucks, um, my, my breakdowns have decreased by 35%. Little things that you can do, because I tell people all the time, small problems turn into what? Big problems. So a lot of times people like to take shortcuts. We like to put the band-aids on them. Nah, we're not taking no shortcuts. If we see a problem, get it fixed now. Because guess what? I would rather that problem me pay to get it fixed here in Atlanta with my home mechanic than get on the road with one of these crooked um, roadside assistant guys. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try to bust us over the head. So my goal is to have all my repairs done at my home base. Wherever you're located at, find you a mechanic that you can trust. And every time my trucks come through Atlanta, they, they pulling up to Steve. Steve got to put eyes on that truck for me. I don't care if it's a hose, if it look war, worn out, replace that hose. Mm -hmm. We put an extra oil in the truck, extra antifreeze, all the belts that come on my engine, I got an extra set in that truck. Light bulbs, fuses, because guess what? It could be a little belt that can burst two o'clock in the morning, now you stuck, you got to wait on roadside. Now a $20 belt that you could have had in that truck with a little tool, and he could have got out, do, 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 fixed it real quick and got rolling, now you just spent $800 because the tow company got a two-hour minimum and they charged $200 an hour. Mm. Then they came to the truck, find out what was wrong. Then they had to go find the uh, part. Like, it's just, it'd be little things that you can do to save money. And again, um, I always tell people all the time, if there was a handbook for all the mistakes, mm. if there was a handbook for all the mistakes that you could make in trucking, I literally went through and did everything. So what you guys are paying me for is you're paying me for my mistakes, right? I'm, you guys are paying me to save time and not do the things that I did and what a lot of people do when they come into this industry. I did it all for y'all. I suffered for y'all already. Wow. Wow. Goodness gracious. Uh, one more. One more question. Yo, did you figure it out? No. I'm 
No, okay. You got something on the chart? You trying? <laughs> oh yeah, you killing real estate, but we going. Never mind. All right, um, yo, so. Oh, for sure, parking lot. Yeah, what's is that an industry? Is that a thing? Yeah, parking lots for yeah. trucks. Right now, I pay um, one hundred and fifty dollars per truck per month um, at my lot. Mm. They got this big lot down there in Fairburn, Georgia, and it's probably whew, it's probably about at least two hundred and fifty trucks down there. So they definitely eating. For sure. There's so many ways. Can you find us a lot, man? At least, <laughs> golly, be useful. Huh? Yo, okay, there's so many, right. it's so many ways, that. there's so many avenues to make money in trucking. Um, one thing that CJ told me, right, he was like, look, Alex, before you start jumping in, I know you got the money to invest in real estate and do all this. He said, look, diversify within your own industry first. Mm. Right? That's what he told me. So I've literally created four to five streams of income within trucking. So I have my fleet of trucks, right, that I've delegated, trained my cousins, trained my staff to run for me now. Mm -hmm. um, I have a dispatch service that when clients get up and running, they can either book loads on their own because we do train them on how to do that, mm -hmm. or they can give us the truck and we'll book the loads for them for a small percentage of it. And you run the whole thing. Yeah, well, I, you don't I, run the whole thing. I got a whole team of people that I've trained that actually book the loads for them. So they negotiate with the brokers. They um, get the information to the drivers, and they communicate and handle the operation side of things. That's, the, that's my second stream of income mm. is the dispatch service. So I can buy a truck, and you take it over? Our company can take it over. We have a dispatch um, department in my company. You find the driver, too? That's a part of the portal. That shows you how to do all that. But okay. we also have a partnership in the portal that actually places drivers in your truck for you. Dang. Yeah, it's, it's a one-stop shop. I created a literal, literally a one-stop shop of everything you need from A to Z in this industry, and it's something that has never been done before in the transportation industry. Dang. So that's the second uh, form of, um, that's the second stream of income, the dispatch service. My third source was the one-on-one -on -one consultations, mm -hmm. and now my fourth source of income is this portal. Wow. So I've created four streams same of income industry. in the same industry before I even stepped out into anything else. Dang, this interview was fire. Give him a round of applause, please. So, uh, Thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate it. Um, I, I try to end every podcast the same way with predictions, okay? Mm -hmm. I want to know um, where you're going to be in the next five, ten years so that we can look back at this video and say, yo, I remember it was 2019, five years ago. Alex said he was going to do this, and he actually did it. What are the predictions of where you're going to be five, ten years from now? Um, five, ten years from now, I will have all my businesses automated. I will be 100% passive, meaning that everything that I'm building right now will be able to operate without me having to be there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm probably gonna max out at about 20 trucks. My goal was 10 trucks when I got in business. Mm. Um, I, I hit my goal last year, hit my 10th truck. Yes. So um, now we're on the road to 20. Mm -hmm. um, I'm cool with 20. When you get to 20, are you still gonna say, <laughs> You feel me? Like, yeah, I maxed out 10 is all I need. He gets 11. He's like, ah, I got 11. I'm off my number, yeah. so we got to go to 20. Yeah, yeah. Um, this portal, man, um, again, we just did a soft launch, and uh, we did a quarter million within the first six months. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely, um, I like that. you know, and it's so funny because CJ's like, look, you know, this is just the beginning. You know what I mean? So I'm, I definitely want this portal to change lives nationwide. I want it to be the go-to um, you can't get around it if you're trying to get into the transportation industry. Mm. This will be the um, number one training portal for, tra for the transportation industry.
period. Um, I, I need. I, I want to have a hundred hundreds of trucks in my dispatch service, you know. Um, and, um, and I have a nonprofit as well. I have the uh, Filler Truck Foundation. Um, we sent three. We did three events. It's called uh, Filler Truck for Flint, where we sent uh, bottles of water mm. to Flint, Michigan, for the water crisis. We've done it three times. Wow. Et joined me on the last one. It was amazing. Um, you know, you guys can see that. And uh, we also sent three 18 wheelers filled with products to Houston for Hurricane Harvey. Mm. Um, so I, I just want my foundation to definitely keep doing great things and providing help and resources to uh, places that need help. Um, wow, it's so dope. It's so clear and specific too. Um, and I ask people what they're gonna do next month. They like, I mean, oh, you feel me? So, but like he really understands exactly, and I'm sure this isn't like something he just came up with. He sees it like, okay, I'm only gonna, I'm gonna max out at 20, hundreds of, that's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah, any, any uh, parting words you have for us? Um, yo, sacrifice, y'all. Um, none of this would, I wouldn't be sitting here right now without sacrifice. As I mentioned earlier, that, that year in 2013 when I, when, I stayed, when I stayed in the house, that year when I stopped getting haircuts and I stopped partying and I locked in and did that research, um, without that year, nothing would have happened right now. It's not going to happen without that sacrifice. Um, you know, seeds that were planted four or five years ago are finally starting to blossom right now. Mm. What you guys are looking at wasn't the overnight from last year. This was five years in the making. So all I can tell y'all is just start planting today. Start planting. Love it. How do they follow you? How do you follow you on um, Instagram, man? Um, Instagram's been really good to me. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Instagram's been really good to me, man. Um, you know, definitely again went from seven hundred to ten thousand followers in a year. Organic followers. I just yeah. never wanted to buy followers. Mm. I wanted to be organic. I wanted Plus, kind of corny. Yeah. Kind of corny. I wanted people to follow me because they wanted to follow me. You know what I'm right. saying? So, um, Instagram is Alex A L I X underscore Good Energy. Name of my company is Good Energy Worldwide. Um, you know, it's, it's a it's a lifestyle that I've transferred over to my business. I won't do business with you if the energy's not right. I don't want to be friends with you. Um, <laughs> energy is, is, is important to me. How many of us need to adopt that? Like, I don't even <laughs> want to be friends with you. Your energy ain't right. I yeah. know we've been cool for 10 years, but your energy ain't right. How many people got some friends? They just, energy ain't <laughs> yeah, right. So it's Alex underscore Good Energy on Instagram. My website is goodenergyworldwide.com. And um, you can go on there, book a truck. You can um, sign up for the dispatch service on there. And you can also get the information on the consultation on our digital training portal, man. And um, yeah, and I, and I also want to leave y'all with one more thing too. Um, don't hope, decide. Yeah. Explain that, please. You know, sounds good to be like, yo, I want to do this. I, I, I'm hoping to achieve this. When you decide, like, I have to do this. Like, this is, there's no plan B. Decide intentionally what you want to do. And, and, and go do it. Man. I don't hope anymore. I decide. Man, Alex, I appreciate you coming through, man. Make sure y'all follow Alex Good Energy. And uh, y'all gonna see me with a truck. All right. Well, I'm done. Sure, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was that not phenomenal? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Alex, I appreciate it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.